So hello and welcome to another episode of the Synergy Autism Podcast. My name is Barbara Avila and I am so happy you are here. You are in for a treat today. We have a very special guest joining us today. Her her name is Yasmin White and she is the founder and CEO of Voices Together, which is the largest music therapy organization in North Carolina. I was lucky enough to be introduced to Yasmin by my good friend and colleague, Jonathan Chase, who some of you may be familiar with. So Yasmin, I am very happy to have you on the podcast today. Welcome. Thank you. And thank you for having me. (laughs) So glad you're here. So I'd love to just dive in if that's okay. Um, You have been in the field of music therapy for quite some time and have developed your own model and have a book coming out this fall. That's what we have in common. (laughs) Um, Why don't we start with you telling us a little bit about what got you where you are today in your career? You've done so much. I'd love to just kind of give listeners a background. Well, you know, I started... As a musician, I started as a singer-songwriter in New York. Mm -hmm. Um, I've always felt that music is so powerful, and it was powerful in my life in more ways than um, entertainment, um, doing the the shows that I was doing and so forth. Um, It just just was a way to, to reach people. And I've always had a love for people and their stories, the way they see the world. Um, you know, when I was really young, I used to sing these old songs for my grandmother and she would tell me stories. <laughs> so, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a universal, powerful medium. And um, yeah. And so through the years, I, I um, got a degree in music and music therapy and um, eventually was fascinated by the area of autism and um, became focused and specialized in that area. And uh, this is, it's sort of an evolution because I was working one-on-one in my music therapy studio out of my home with, with individuals and their families. And what I was missing was um, the you know, I would see results, but I've realized that social piece, it it was hard to do the social emotional piece in a vacuum. And um, what I, what I imagined in my mind was that universal platform that we all know, which is, you know, choruses, church, where do we hear music? You know, it's, it's just naturally social. It just, Um, yeah, what communities together. Right. Absolutely. It's, it's a sort of a natural format, you know? And then, um, so I decided that, you know, I imagined in my mind, well, what would it, you know, what about bringing a small group of people together where we could, you know, form this sort of natural environment to interact, but do it with the, the motivator of music, which is, is just engaging. So yeah. Well, for, for everyone, but I do find, I mean, that's why I think I'm so intrigued by music therapy is I do think that a lot of people on the autism spectrum, um, it really resonates with them. And it also gives kind of a uh, concrete thing to focus on while being social, I think. But that's just my not really understanding music therapy. So what I'd love for you to do, if you're willing, is kind of give a window in what what is music therapy for 
for podcast listeners who may not have any idea. <laughs> okay. Um, music therapy is using music as a tool towards non-therapeutic goals. So for example, communication, you can, you know, there's a lot of scientific studies, including we, our model was studied as well by Duke University. And it was found that we, that in our program, language was increased. There's an access that you have. And especially um, there've been a lot of studies with individuals with autism. So it's communication, um, you know, sometimes motor skills. Uh, the, we, we, that's not one of our main goals, but it is part of what you, what you could have as a goal, um, social, emotional learning. So cognitive increase. Um, so, you know, you're just using music as a tool. And I always like to say, it's sort of like ignition, you know, in a car, <laughs> you, you, we have, we start our groups with a, a phrase, find the, and then by the time folks have been in our group for more than one session, they notice a beat and the beat kicks in. And when the beat kicks in, the body all of a sudden becomes structured. It literally structures the mind and body rhythm. Well, it's integration, <laughs> right? I mean, it integrates the bio, Total body integration. and the mind, which is so hard for so many people who are right. just in their heads a lot. And, you know, I love it. But, you know, it goes, it, um, Barb, it goes farther than that. And, and there's been so many, like I said, we're just at the tip of the iceberg to understand music and language, how, how music intersects with the brain. There are more and more studies because, you know, there are a lot of people like myself and the staff that I have, the music therapists that within their practice have jump started language in a child that did not have language previously. Oh, wow. Yeah, I bet. And it happens all the time. So now we have scientists at MIT and Johns Hopkins and all over studying. Well, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> and, well, you know, one of the studies showed that, okay, we, you know, typically we access language from the left part of our brain and we access music from the right part of our brain. Well, often someone with autism will access language from the right side of their brain. Yeah. And so their, their signals aren't happening the same way. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? That's the same side as music. Yeah. So what's happening is I call it the music brain. You know, you're, you're clicking in and, and actually that is not interrupted in someone with autism. They hear music and experience music the same way that we do. Uh -huh. So, you know, you have music as a, I, in, in my book, uh, um, I call it a place. <laughs> Music is a place. And so we're meeting there. Mm -hmm. And then we're sort of tricking the brain by kicking the music out temporarily and starting a dialogue with verbal mm -hmm. speech. Mm -hmm. And then when verbal speech and processing get difficult again, we uh -huh. kick the music back in. So what we're doing is we're, mm -hmm. we're retraining pathways in the brain by doing this. We, we do it in a very purposeful way. Mm -hmm. um, and so there's I, a lot of routine involved and there's a lot of structure involved. So I talk a lot about joint attention and just how important that is in autism. And I could imagine that there's some, when you're talking about social emotional development, I mean, I think, you know, the roots of that are 
is in joint attention where we all learn language and the brain is integrated and we have, is that something that is targeted in music therapy? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, when, when you think about if you have a drum out and a child has a drumstick mm-hmm. and you have a drumstick and, you know, the sound of the rhythm is going to, again, that's the M&M, that's the engager. So the sound is going to engage. It's what we do after we get the engagement that makes us the therapist. So music therapists are trained at least, you know, where they're trained in, in um, diagnosis, they're trained in how do you, how to use music as a therapeutic tool and in our, and, and they are trained in counseling in our organization. um, The music therapists that come to our organization are even more deeply trained. We, we have this quite a, 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 um, in-depth training process. And counseling is a big part of that. So that when somebody hits the drum, um, they actually can go into verbal therapy, or they can go into using music therapy, or they can use other other things, but they'll recognize immediately how to work with that and what that means and how to um, access uh, more skill through that motion, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So they're trained to observe and then make decisions based on which direction to go based on the child's or person's response in that moment. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Just like any other therapist, you know, the, the listening, you're watching affect, you know, you know, you have the, you have the background and diagnosis. So you understand it. And then you know what tools you can use. And in a group setting, when we have a very structured program, however, we also have, it's called an integrative model, and we have all kinds of things that are layered into it, including Mm -hmm. curriculum and including um, uh, speech and language area, including, um, yeah, um, social emotional learning. So there's just, there's just a lot involved. And again, music is the, it's the, um, glue. <laughs> it, you know, I call it the mechanism, the glue, I call it a lot of things, but it, it is wonderful because it gives us the ability not to, I mean, to be able to do something in an enjoyable way, you know, in, in other words, learning when you don't know you're learning, growing when you don't know yeah. you're growing, because <laughs> you're right, you're right in the middle of the stew, you know, that you're enjoying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so do you, I know you've, you've described music therapy and you've, you've um, thrown out there some bits about your curriculum and your model. Would you like to share a little bit more specifically about the program that's being studied or was studied at Duke and that you, the book you have coming out. Sure. Sure. Well, in 2000, um, we grew fairly quickly in, in public schools and classrooms. We do Mm -hmm. have a community groups as well. Um, and we work with individuals as well, but, um, in 2014 through 17, we had a partnership with Duke university, um, the first year, Dr. Geraldine Dawson, who's the head of um, the, the Brain Science uh, Center, was the PI on our um, study. And we had two other studies after that. They, they, they looked at our and, and researched our program in the classroom. 
and um, results were positive. We have two academic articles out and the third one it, we're waiting on. So, um, and that's would been you, very exciting for us. Would you be able to send those to me so I can put them in the show notes? For absolutely, absolutely, okay, yeah. Have so the th from the beginning, this is a really important thing for me to say because this has become, and I know you are in, you are in the same realm as I am in terms of approach. Um, from the beginning, I truly believed that everyone has that validating people's process is very important mm -hmm. and inviting them into an experience is important mm -hmm. that we are not there to fix people. Yeah. And that we I love hearing you say that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we this isn't about I'm looking at a behavior and identifying you by that behavior. Absolutely. This is yeah, this is about the why. Mm -hmm. This is about tell me how I can help. Mm -hmm. We have we from the very beginning which was 15 17 years ago when I set this model up. We established our program and our model as a non-directive humanistic model. Mm -hmm. And it's all about self-efficacy. It's about, you know, let me help you, you know, give you some tools. You help me and tell me who you are so you can help, you know, grow for your, you know, in your own life. I mean, it's, it's, it's about, right? Yes. Setting the path for your own life. Meeting and this is they are. Sorry, meeting somebody where they are exactly. and trying to see exactly there. Yeah. 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 And, you know, it's really interesting. I, uh, years ago when I was learning about the different approaches, I mean, I was in LA at the time we've lived in LA, we've lived in a lot of different places, but I was living in LA and at the time, Lovas and Greenspan were the big approaches, yep. interestingly, yep. because they were at the complete opposite spectrums. <laughs> one was very behavioral and one was, yeah, one was very much about me, me too, or you are yeah. get down on the floor and, and roll that toy with, with your child and then find a way to, you know, to, to, yeah. and I still, that, that has still influenced me. And I, that's in my book on just ways you can play with your child while re respecting who they are and still being the guide that a parent needs to be it's this oh, balance you know and um <laughs> yeah yeah and music is just fun you know it's it's yeah. a, it's a fun um uh activity so if parents who don't um who don't feel like they can sing if we can empower them to, <laughs> just you know when their child is young you sing anyway yeah whether you, uh, you know, and singing is, <laughs> yeah, singing is such an incredible path to, to language. It yeah. just is. It's a natural path to language. Anyway, I'm going to take a breath so you can ask a question if you have one. <laughs> well, I think one thing that I'm um, just trying to figure out also about your model and curriculum and book is I know that you do a lot of training of music therapists. And so um, I guess what I'm trying to figure out is would somebody want to pick up your book, for example, to be able to do some of the stuff that you're saying right now of um, how to play and bring music into your play with your own child? Or is it is it more for the trainer? Like, help me. Nope. Yeah. It is for parents. This book oh, is for parents. 
And there, there's a lot of time spent with both. It confused the publisher, actually, the one oh. of the publishers, I, <laughs> the one that's publishing the book, it didn't confuse, but uh, because I, you know, it's both a co combination of an approach, uh -huh. which I think is so important because uh -huh. you can do all kinds of tools and techniques with, with a child or play a certain way. But if there isn't, if, if, if you are not creating a particular space that they can learn in and feel comfortable and safe in, then the, the result is not going to be, you know, as powerful and, Absolutely. and you're, you won't understand it and they won't understand it as well. So, yeah, I talk about literally for, for all ages, um, how, how to not only get comfortable with your own voice and your own musicality, but mm -hmm. then how to, to bring it into play with your child and what that means in terms of language and, um, what that means in terms of just interacting, just basic interaction. Um, it's so yeah. interesting to me because Jonathan connected us. Right. And it isn't until yeah. the moment that I went, Oh, I can really see how our books, he must've seen it, but how our books could really work together because I do exactly that in my book of kind of how do you set up an environment to help someone feel safe is exactly what you just said. Right. Yes. And how to mm -hmm. help somebody feel seen. And that's why mind seeing autism, but it just sounds like it would just be such a nice combo actually, you know, to, um, help someone, a family just feel more connected and have all the, the be targeting all the core issues, basically, or the concerns, whatever you want to call them or differences that can be challenges long-term, but how to approach them in a fun, manageable, enjoyable way. Yeah. And I'm, I'm so looking forward to reading your book. I haven't, yeah, I just ordered it. So yeah, looking forward to it because there, we need more people to be, to have this, um, this attitude because communication, if, if, if a child and often children that have that are in neurodiverse in this neurodiverse world we're living in, yeah are constantly feeling like they're doing things wrong. Yeah. And when a child feels like they, they don't know how to, you know, navigate that, they'll shut down. Absolutely. And then we're or, working or on fight. communication. Yeah. <laughs> or, or they'll fight. I get the fighters. Or too. they'll be angry. But. And then we call them, right. And then they're identified as angry. Oh, exactly. that, that child's or all, manipulative you know. Or whatever, which is baloney. Yeah. Oh, the manipulative thing. Don't even get me started there. Yeah. <laughs> I actually have a piece in my book about, well, I, of course, we all manipulate. Of course, you know, because we want, we need things, right? Oh, but personal agency. It, Right, right, right. So, you know, you do want to empower um, a child to reach outside themselves and tell you what they need and who they are. Um, yeah. And so that, that's, that has become sort of my, you know, my soapbox. I think we have that we share that, which is wonderful. So, yeah, uh, so yeah. yeah. And so, I, I actually, I have, I, there's a, there's a little moment in the, in the book where I have parents tapping out there, you know, on the, say you're driving, you know, and uh -huh. you're, you, you can tap out your name on, on the, on the steering wheel. Oh, great. To get one. a sense of, <laughs> I get that to get a sense of time. rhythm. 
<laughs> yeah, I get that question all the time. How do I, how do I create a partnership or how do I engage my child while driving? And I'm always like, oh, that's tough. So that's great. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I used to, my kids, I remember my kids being in the car and we were listening to music and I'd go, do you hear that bass line? And I'd start like humming it so they could separate it out from the other instruments. And I wonder what the drum sounds like. And, you know, it's sort of like that kind of idea, but really we carry music inside our bodies. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just, that's just the truth. So, you know, you, you feel your own heartbeat and, you know, you, mm. that rhythm is inside us. So, you know, it's a matter of us just deciding that we don't have to be a musician to be comfortable. Mm. Look at kids. They just start singing, okay. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know? <laughs> so, so, yeah. So let me get a little bit more specific. So what, like, what would it be for um, a parent or an individual? So, cause podcast listeners work with, or are um, adults, teens, you know, or they have children. Um, what would, when do you think music therapy would be like, what would be the deciding factor? Like, oh, I should go this direction. Everybody, anybody, or is there something in particular? I think, I think the, you know, feeling joy Mm. and success while in, in a therapeutic setting is very, very special at any age. You know, of course it depends on the music therapist. It depends on the program, Mm -hmm. um, for a child that is on the spectrum that is struggling with that interaction and feeling successful, a group is great because, you know, hopefully if it's the right group, because our groups do this, it's, you know, it's easy to feel successful. So, you know, you're already feeling social and successful being social. Mm -hmm. And that is the key, not teaching. Okay. Now you, now you say this, now you say that because socializing is spontaneous and it's subtle. It's not black and white, (laughs) you know, you can teach social rules. Don't get me wrong. But Jonathan talks about that a lot, how that feels safe for a child on the spectrum. Yeah. But you know, any time I think is a wonderful time to reach out. If you know, a good music therapy program, um, you know, we, we are also growing in our organization and our ability to scale. So um, look us up, you know, we're at voices together.org. And we, and if we can't help, we'll, we'll, we'll connect you with somebody who can, we have a network of music therapists, but I think a child struggling, especially with communication, music is a beautiful uh, um, sort of parallel um, venue for the, for just learning, speaking, just, just increasing your language because, you know, a lot of kids that can't speak can sing lyrics. And so it's a great way to jumpstart language to then do it in a way that's fun for a child, because usually they're in a ton of different interventions and they're stressed out. You know, because they're working thinking is that yeah. when yeah. especially if a child is having a lot of different interventions, most parents would think, Oh, well, I won't, won't want to add another. But actually what I'm hearing is that it might be able to um even replace for a little while because it's I- I'm trained in something called activity-based intervention. And what I'm hearing that mm-hmm. I like is that music can bring in so many other goals. So I guess I'm curious of how do you, how do you typically work with other professionals? Like if there's a speech path involved and says, we really want this child to be working on X, Y, Z, 
can that be integrated into music therapy or is it a like separate entity? Absolutely. <laughs> so, you know, you can, you can make up songs. I used to make them up all the time. If they were working on the letter P, you, know, uh -huh. you put your, your finger on your mouth to make that P if you're a speech and language pathologist. Yeah. I actually partnered with a speech and language pathologist before I started Voices Together. And we had so we did social groups together. It was so much fun. Oh, but we learned from each other that way. Yeah. Um, but absolutely, um, you can work with vowel sounds, consonant sounds. We do this, we, we do this thing um, where sometimes depending on the group, we'll use both these things, vocal warm-ups like you would in a chorus, except they're very targeted towards specific vowel sounds and sometimes consonant sounds. So it, you know, if, if you say, I remember at the very beginning of Voices Together, you know, um, a, a child often with um, say downs will have their, their jaw muscles will be underdeveloped and they need work. And so a speech and language pathologist will work with ooey, ooey, ooey a whole lot. Uh -huh. Well, you know, it, that can get kind of boring, but, yeah. <laughs> and our groups were very mixed. We had all, you know, all kind, you know, all, every, there was a lot of different, uh, kids in our group and adults. And so we came up with this, um, cheese is gooey song. And <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, if you the cheese is gooey. And so you have to move your mouth all over the place, but, oh my God, we couldn't do it enough. It was, uh, uh, <laughs> it and that's the idea, you know, yeah. oh my gosh, if I it's fun. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I have one more question, um, is I've heard you say a lot about it being in a group. Now we have some kids, of course, and adults who don't love the group scenario. So is there a, like starting one-on-one -on -one and then being able to go into a group or are there options like that? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. We have a step process for, for um, kids or for adults who have a, you know, have a harder time. We yeah. also have seen over and over again, we, we always invite, this is not, you yeah. know, somebody doesn't have to come in and be there. Yeah. And, you know, we had a group and it was an adult group. And apparently this adult had never been involved in a group before. Mm -hmm. He had headphones and he stood at the doorway the first time and he wouldn't come in. It was like around the, the you couldn't even see him, but we knew he mm -hmm. was there. And we said, that's fine. And, and, you know, he did that for the whole session. The next session, he came inside the doorway. And then the next session, <laughs> he came and sat in the back of the group. And then the next session, he was part of the group. Oh, and so that happens often. And we've seen it in classrooms. Um, the thing about our program is there's a lot of routine. Mm. And that helps everyone feel safe as well. Absolutely. And so they know what to expect and so, and they can learn these, the structure and even the songs are, they're kind of those music worms, you know, that stay in your head. So <laughs> yeah, they're, they're learned very quickly. Uh -huh. um, and, and, and we brainstorm in terms of, we have curriculum in that we ask questions of, of the folks in our curriculum, say, you know, what frustrates you or what helps you calm down all these questions and we'll brainstorm verbally. To, because we want to give them choices on a board so they can, their anxiety goes down. We're not going to put you on the spot. Right. Mm -hmm. So we have, we have all kinds of techniques that are built in to keep that environment, um, very open and safe. And at the same time, 
everybody makes that choice themselves. Mm, it is, it is from the very beginning, all about self-empowerment and self-advocacy and self-esteem, all of it from the beginning that from they walk in, you know, to a group. So, so I'm going to shift to your book. So does that, I would assume you said it's for parents primarily. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious about the setting up the environment. You said that that is part of it is, is part of that also like how to set it up in your own home and have that kind of predictable nature and the inviting in rather than saying, this is music time. We need to do it now. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. I talk about how to set up a cozy corner, um, what things you can do in your, you know, what, what, um, what areas you, what things you can purchase if you wanted to, to, you know, to set up some music instruments that are just around the house, that type of thing, you know, how you can encourage it just by it being there, um, noodling around on the piano with your teenage son, possibly if they let mm-hmm. you. <laughs> We're very age appropriate in our model. I'm telling you, that's the other thing is, you know, um, we were, it's, it's very important for us, um, just, you know, we assume that everyone is respect, respected and, you know, garage band comes into play and the cool factor comes into play. And yeah, yeah. Um, so hearing that. yeah, so yeah, I, I, I'm very, um, my, my book's coming out November 2nd Excellent. and it's called the autism and, and the power of music, um, okay. how to help your child transform themselves and Fabulous. How would people be able to find your book? Can they pre-order? Um, yeah, the, the, I think we're going to get, we're, we're going to get some uh, pub- publicity out there, but um, we're, it's being published by Future Horizons. Okay. And um, so hopefully it will be um, out there. And um, so I'll put details I, in the show notes about to your website, because I'm going to guess that that'll be one of the first places that you say, Hey, my book is ready for pre-order. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Excellent. Excellent. So I have one more. So on your website, you talk uh-huh. about some, a fun fact about yourself. And I love that. Would you be willing to share that with um, the audience? Is that the. I'm trying to remember which, which one that was. Oh, is that the John, you have a lot of John Lennon facts about yourself, the songwriting <laughs> thing. It is. Yes, 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 yes. So yeah. it's, uh, yeah. Okay. So yes. I'm a songwriter and this is actually kind of a, a cool story. It's, it's sad and then cool. You know, um, I lost my mom who I was very close to when I was 40. And I didn't sing, I think, for a whole year. I mean, I was, you know, I was, I was driving around listening to books on tape, you know, (laughs) I was singing with my clients, but I wasn't, you know, I dropped sort of the songwriting piece. Mm -hmm. And when I, the first song I did, when I came back from that, somehow I just sat down one afternoon and I always feel like these things come through you, you know, I just sat down and in 20 minutes wrote this song that I just couldn't stop singing. It was called Lemon Trees. And, um, and a a number of years later, my husband decides I was performing at that point, my husband decides to send it off to this big um, competition in New York called the John Lennon songwriting contest. (laughs) And I, I didn't even know he sent it out. And I got this call. (laughs) 
I got this call one afternoon saying, Hey, calling from New York. Congratulations. You came in second in the folk category for this guy. I mean, it was, it was, um, the people that were judging this were like, you know, Bjork and I don't know who else, all these famous, um, song, all these famous people. And I thought, wow. And I, you know, at the beginning, I just went, oh, that's nice. And he said, no, I don't think you understand. <laughs> it was really funny. Oh, so but, you know, I, yeah, I it was such know. a validation because <laughs> at that time I wasn't about going to, to try and be a, a famous songwriter or anything. I had two kids and I just happened to write this. It was, you know, and I was once in a while playing in, in small places around just, just to keep it up. Yeah. But um, yeah, so that was, that was fun. I, I, that's like a long time ago. <laughs> I have to say that's on my I, wall you know <laughs> I really appreciate that you're bringing to the world a lot of people think I'm either a musician or I'm not and so I just love that you're bringing your natural love and obvious um, expertise and ability as a musician to the rest of us who aren't necessarily musicians to be able to bring it to, I mean, you said it earlier of just, it's this human um, experience that we do all experience, you know, just from our heartbeat is our, is our beat. So thank you for, for bringing that to us. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to share before we close? just thank you so much for for having me on this it was it's it was so much fun and um yeah I, I I think I think yeah I think whoever's listening to this um take a moment and and think about how music has you know what role music's played in your life because it's always a surprise we don't we don't always remember how important it is for all of us oh that's very true um, so I will make sure to put your contact details in the show notes and the articles that we talked about today and your website, how to get a hold of that book that you have talked about today. So thank, thank you, you so much, Yasmin. I really appreciate your being here. Thank you, Barb. You take care. You too. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Synergy Autism Podcast, where we bring research, information, and people together to best understand and love those with autism, also known as autistic individuals. Check out my website for lots of additional links, like my Facebook account, Instagram account, blogs that I have written, videos, and even courses that are both free and some that I have labored with some wonderful colleagues um, to produce just for you. And contact me with questions and ideas for future podcasts. I'm here. I'm listening. Till next time.